Hey everybody, Bill Calarulo back with another Legal Hands to the Face podcast after another tough loss by the Birds, this time to the Kansas City Chiefs at home. Is it too soon to start thinking that this coaching staff may not be here next year? We'll talk about it all. Roll the intro. This is the Legal Hands to the Face podcast with Bill Calarulo. All right, guys, a tough loss, 42-30 to the Kansas City Chiefs at home at Lincoln Financial Field. We knew this game was going to be a tough game for the Eagles. This Kansas City Chiefs team was coming off another loss, started the season one and two. I was very scared that we were going to run into a buzzsaw here. The Eagles players, at least on offense, actually played pretty well. But this loss falls squarely on the shoulders of the coaching staff and the general manager, Howie Roseman. I first want to talk about the coaching staff. I said last week that the only chance the Eagles had to win this game would be to win the time of possession battle. Your offense has to be on the field more than Patrick Mahomes and that high-powered Kansas City Chiefs offense. You cannot win by having Mahomes constantly marching out on that field and driving right down and putting up a ton of points. And that's exactly what happened yesterday. The final stats on time of possession, Kansas City Chiefs, 31 minutes. The Philadelphia Eagles, 29 minutes. Now, you did like to see that Sirianni's play calling with regard to the passing game was a little bit better. You know, they didn't just have Hurts dropping back in the shotgun and taking deep shot after deep shot like they did against Dallas. They they mixed in some intermediate routes. They had some quick throws, some screen plays, things to get Hurts into a rhythm, and the passing game looked pretty good. But still refusing to run the football. Refusing to run the football. When you are playing the Kansas City Chiefs and you know you have to win that time of possession battle, you do it by establishing the run and sustaining long, consistent drives. How many carries did the running backs have yesterday? Ten. Ten carries. Miles Sanders, again, underutilized. Why do we underutilize this guy? He's probably one of the most talented players on this team. And Howie hasn't drafted a lot of them, but Miles is one of the guys he's drafted that actually has some talent. And we give him the ball seven times. Your running backs cannot get into a rhythm if you are not getting them involved into the game. Even if the run isn't working, you continue to feed them. And what have we seen time and time again out of Miles Sanders? He has that ability to break a long run every time he touches the ball. It's a numbers game. If you give him the ball seven times, the likelihood that he's going to break one of them is a lot less than if you give him the ball, say, 15 to 18 carries. Kenny Gainwell looked good yesterday. How many carries did he have? Three. You cannot beat the Kansas City Chiefs by only running the ball 10 times and losing the time of possession battle. But even worse than that, even worse than that, is the amount of penalties that this team consistently consistently has week in and week out they currently lead the league so this is something I guess Eagles fans can be proud of the Philadelphia Eagles are number one in most penalties through four games the Philadelphia Eagles have committed 44 penalties the closest team to them only has 34 and the league leading team the Los Angeles Rams only have 12. 
The Eagles have 32 more penalties than the Rams do. That's coaching. You know, one of the old sayings is you can't coach talent. You can't coach speed. Well, you can certainly coach discipline. And Nick Sirianni and his coaching staff have to, have to do a better job of disciplining these players. You cannot lead the league in penalties by that much of a margin. The Eagles are on pace to set a record for the most penalties in a season. That has to be corrected. That's unacceptable. Okay, But then let's look at some of the other things from this game. And this falls on Jonathan Gannon. You know, Nick Sirianni is ultimately the head coach, but he's more of an offensive-minded coach. That defense, he puts on Jonathan Gannon, that defensive coordinator. And Gannon, he came out in this game, and his game plan was, I'm not going to let the Chiefs beat us over the top. We're going to play very conservatively. We're going to make the Chiefs sustain their drives. We're going to take away all the big plays. Well, it didn't work. You know, Once you saw that the Chiefs were having no problem marching right down the field and scoring, you had to make changes. You had to make adjustments. They never did. The Chiefs put up six touchdowns in seven drives. Their third down efficiency is mind-blowing. Nine out of 10, the Kansas City Chiefs converted third downs for first downs 90% of the time, as compared to the Eagles, who only did 50% of the time. Red zone efficiency. The Kansas City Chiefs were five out of five in the red zone. What that means is that when they got inside the 20 of the Eagles, they scored touchdowns five out of five times. How did the Eagles fare on the other side of the ball? Only three out of six. And what was even more alarming is the Eagles were only two out of four in goal-to-go situations. So what that means is that when the Eagles were inside of the Kansas City Chiefs' 10-yard line, they only had less than 10 yards to go. They only scored touchdowns two out of four times. 50% red zone efficiency is not going to win a game, especially against a high-powered offense like the Kansas City Chiefs. And allowing the Kansas City Chiefs to march up and down the field, convert 90% of third downs, convert 100% of red zone trips, and committing 13 penalties, excuse me, only nine penalties, nine penalties, you're not going to win that game. And that falls squarely on Sirianni, Gannon, and that entire coaching staff. They lost the third down battle. They lost the red zone battle. They lost the time of possession battle. Those were three things you have to win to win that game. And they lost all of them. But then that brings me to the players. I'm not blaming the players in this game. I think the players that we had on that field played to the best of their abilities. This loss, in addition to being on the coaching staff, falls on Howie Roseman. I haven't talked much about Howie Roseman. I think he had a very, very good draft this year. I like the players they drafted this year. Devontae Smith. I really like Kenny Gainwell. I really like that defensive tackle slash tight end, Milton Williams. But when you look back at the past and the draft picks that Howie Roseman has put on this team, they're simply not good enough especially on defense. Our offense actually played pretty well yesterday. We finally have some young talent 
on offense that looks like they can perform, and we'll talk about them in a second. But when you come to the other side of the football, that defense that was absolutely destroyed by the Kansas City Chiefs yesterday, try to find a player on that defense that's an impact player that the Eagles drafted. Well, you look at the defensive line. Milton Williams is only a rookie. I'm excited for him, but he's not making a huge impact yet. You have Josh Sweat on the one side as a defensive end. He's probably the best player on that defense right now that Howie Roseman drafted. When you start to look at the other positions, you have Fletcher Cox, who is starting to get into the downside of his career. He's starting to get a little bit older. Then you have Javon Hargrave. Hargrave is a stud. He's probably the best player on that defense. Was not a Howie Roseman draft pick. You'll give him credit because he signed him in free agency, but was not a draft pick. The way you win football games in the NFL is by drafting talent and then fostering it, and that's where you keep your salaries low. When you sign people in free agency, you're overpaying for them. When you draft well, you usually have them on their rookie contracts for four or five years, which allows you to fill other areas of your team. When all you're doing is signing free agents, it's going to be very difficult to stay under the salary cap. So you have Javon Hargrave at D-tackle, who's a stud, but he wasn't drafted. Then you go to the other side, Derek Barnett. I think it's time that we can start calling Derek Barnett what he is. He is a bust. I do not like to use that word. I do not like to call players bust. Unfortunately, when you are drafted 14th overall in the first round, when you broke Reggie White's college sack record and you come in and you perform the way Derek Barnett has performed over the last five years, he's a bust. And that's a Howie Roseman draft pick. That falls on him. And then let's go to those linebackers. My goodness. I like Alex Singleton. You know, I, I thought Eric Wilson was a good signing. He knew Jonathan Gannon's defense. He comes in. They're just not good enough. I mean, you saw it yesterday. That linebacker core is just not good enough. They couldn't stop the run. They couldn't stop the pass. They were confused. Mahomes had them guessing all over the place. Not good enough. Then you go to their secondary. You know, you have big play Slay on the one side. Again, free agency, overpaid for him. Very good player. But you are forced to pay him like one of the top corners in the league, which unfortunately he just isn't. On the other side, you have Steven Nelson, another free agent signing, because they have been unable to draft talented cornerbacks in years. The last good cornerback they probably drafted was Lito Shepard and Sheldon Brown. And that goes back to the Andy Reid era. You, know, you have to be able to draft young corners who can play, and they failed time and time again. Then you go into the safeties. You got Rodney McLeod, another free agent signing. You have Anthony Harris, another free agent signing. There is no young talent to get excited about on this defense. And that falls squarely on Howie Roseman. Like I said, I think he had a better year this year. I think he drafted a lot better in 2021. We'll find out in the next couple of years to see how these players progress. But that's the problem with this defense right now. And yes, the coaching staff has to make adjustments. Yes, the players have to play better. But the NFL is about talent. I mean, you have to put the best talent on the field. And when your general manager continuously swings and misses on every single defensive draft pick, this is what's going to happen. So Howie Roseman, Nick Sirianni, Jonathan Gannon, this one's on you, not the players. 
I actually thought there were a lot of positives to take from yesterday with regard to these players. And I'm going to start with a guy I'm so happy that he bounced back. Jalen Hurts did not play well last week in Dallas. We knew it. Didn't like his body language. You know, it was the first time you really saw adversity kind of get to this guy. And what does he do? He comes back and he plays his heart out yesterday. An unbelievable game. He goes, throws for 387 yards and rushes for another 47 yards. Had a quarterback rating over 100. Never stopped fighting. He did miss a couple of throws. You know, you don't like to see that. He missed the Zach Ertz touchdown when they got down into the red zone. He still underthrew a couple of receivers, but probably the best game we've seen Jalen Hurts play, in my opinion, as an NFL quarterback. You know, he knew that they had to put up points in this game, and he did everything he could, and it's exciting to see. I think this guy's got a lot of potential, and he did it behind a banged-up offensive line. Man, everything we've talked about in this preseason and leading up to this season was if this offensive line can stay healthy, they got a real shot to be a very good offense. There was only one starter who actually played yesterday, and that was Jason Kelsey. I mean, man, that guy is just an Iron Man. He's the one constant every single year. But you have right guard, Brandon Brooks is hurt. Left guard, Isaac Sayomala, out for the year. Left tackle, Jordan Maialata's hurt, so Andre Dillard has to play. And then right before game time, Lane Johnson's a scratch for a personal issue. We still don't know what's going on with that. So hopefully he can come back next week. So now Lane Johnson's out. And that offensive line played really, really well. I thought Jalen Hurts did a nice job of buying time in the pocket. You know, they did a nice job of, of rolling Hurts out, getting the ball out of his hands quickly. But again, what I would have liked to have seen was more rushing calls to those running backs. You know, it can really help your offensive line get into a rhythm, to get aggressive. Let them get after it a little bit. You know, when you're pass blocking every single play, you're dropping back and the defense is putting the pressure on you. When you're run blocking, now you can be the aggressor. You're hitting people. You're tiring them out. You know, so I would have liked to have seen Sirianni dial up some more rushes to the running backs. But overall, Jalen Hurts played well, and that offensive line played well. And another young guy on offense I was excited to see was Devontae Smith. He had a good first week against Atlanta. Really didn't look comfortable against San Francisco or Dallas. Comes into this game, and he looked great. Seven catches, 122 yards. Made some great catches, runs such beautiful routes. That's what makes Devontae Smith so good. If you watch any of his college tape, his route running is so precise. And it really is a science. Your best receivers in the league, they know how to set up their routes. They know how to set up these corners so that they're always open. And he did a great job yesterday. You could see why everyone's so excited about this guy. I think Devontae's going to be an absolute stud in this league. Great game for him. And then a guy we've been talking about on the other side of the football, every week it seems we've talked about him leading up from the preseason all the way till now, is Javon Hargrave. Man, he's the best player, hands down, on that defense. He's better than Fletcher Cox. He's better than every player on that defense right now. You know, like I said, Fletcher Cox is starting to get into the twilight of his career, but Javon Hargrave's a guy to get excited about, making plays all over the place. Offensive lines just can't block him. And if Fletcher Cox can start playing like the old Fletcher Cox, that defense can, can start playing a lot better because now the defense is going to have to put pressure on this offensive line to choose who they're going to double team. 
Are they going to double-team Fletcher Cox, or are they going to double-team Javon Hargrave? You're going to start to see, because of Hargrave playing so well, he's going to be the one to start drawing these double-teams. Fletcher Cox is going to start getting one-on-one, which he hasn't probably had in years. He's double-teamed almost every play. He's going to have to win those one-on-one battles. Absolutely, Fletcher Cox is going to have to win those one-on-one battles. So excited to see Javon Hargrave. You know, a guy I'm not sure is even going to be on this team in the next couple weeks is Ryan Kerrigan. I mean, you probably remember his name. He was a nemesis of ours when he was on the Washington football team. He has done absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Now, you know, you don't know what he's doing in that locker room. I'm sure he's a great leader. He's a seasoned veteran. You know, you don't know what type of things he's bringing to the defensive line room. And you know, maybe he is, and that would be great. But as far as on the field, it's a shame. Kerrigan is a shell of himself. He's not the guy he used to be. He, he hasn't done much. But you know, those were the positives. I mean, you did put up a lot of points. The players played hard. They played until the end. But ultimately, this falls on Sirianni and Jonathan Gannon not making the adjustments needed to win the game. And Howie Roseman just not drafting well enough on defense. We don't have enough playmakers on defense for this team to really, really be competitive against the upper echelon teams like the Kansas City Chiefs. So if things couldn't get worse, though, with the Eagles losing and falling to 1-3, and three, Every single team in the NFC East wins this weekend. The Washington football team wins, the Dallas Cowboys win, and the New York football Giants pull it out and win their first game. So the Eagles fall one game back of everybody in that NFC East. But I guess a positive from this weekend was let's go to our Wentz watch in Indianapolis. Carson Wentz plays 100% of the snaps again. And like I said last week, we needed Indianapolis to win a game because they were 0-3, and if that stayed, there was no way they were going to play Carson for 75% of the snaps because they'd be giving up a top-10 draft pick. They win this game. Carson plays 100%. And as an added bonus, the team they beat, the Miami Dolphins, the Eagles have their first-round draft pick in the upcoming draft. So very good weekend as far as the draft picks. But if Howie keeps drafting the way he did in 2020 and the years before, it's not going to matter. So let's hope Howie can continue to repeat what he did this year. I thought it was a really, really good draft. And what do we have to look forward to? Well, things don't get easier for the birds. I I hate to break it to you. The next three weeks, we have some really, really tough games. Very realistic. We could be sitting here in three weeks and the Philadelphia Eagles could be one and six. This week, they have the Carolina Panthers. The week after that, they have the Tampa Bay Bucks, And then they go to Vegas. I'm sure there's going to be a ton of Eagles fans out there. They go to Vegas to play the Raiders. Well, guess what? The Panthers are 3-1. and one. The Bucks are 3-1. and one. And as of this recording, it's Monday morning. The Raiders play tonight on Monday Night Football. They're 3-0. and oh. Three really, really good teams. But let's look at the Carolina Panthers. Eagles got to go down to Carolina to face a lot of Eagles fans probably know this name, head coach Matt Rule. You remember Matt Rule? He was the head coach of the Temple Football Owls. Turned that program around. Left Temple, went to Baylor. Turned that program around. Gets hired by Carolina last year. He's got them playing some really, really good football. Their quarterback is Sam Darnold, who was on the Jets. You cannot judge this guy by what he did on the Jets. The Jets were a dumpster fire. Sam Darnold is playing some really good football. Matt Rule's got that team disciplined. He's got that defense flying all over the field. Sam Darnold's playing great ball. 
You know, don't know if Christian McCaffrey is going to play this week. I don't think he is. That's a break for the Eagles. That McCaffrey is an absolute playmaker. Don't think he's going to play. But Carolina's a good team. You know, they, they went, they played Dallas this past week. They almost beat them. It was a close game, a lot closer than it was for the Eagles when they played Dallas. So tough game in Carolina. And then after that, you get the GOAT, Tom Brady, beat New England last night. I don't know if anybody watched that Sunday night football game. Great game last night. Brady goes into New England, wins the game. Didn't play exceptionally well. It was raining. There was a lot going on. Uh, But he wins the battle against Belichick. Mac Jones, who replaced him, looked pretty good in New England. But So we will see. And then the Eagles got to go out to Vegas which, um, like I said, I'm sure the Bird gang is going to be traveling there. I know a lot of people who are going to Vegas for that game, but they're playing some really good football as well. Their starting quarterback, Carr, is probably playing the best football of his career. So things do not get easier. The Eagles need to go, go back to work this week and really focus on the Carolina Panthers and trying to win this game. And again, as happy as I was with some of the play calls Nick Sirianni made in the passing game, he has to run the ball. Our defense isn't good. There is no way around this. This defense is not a very good defense right now. Maybe they start to gain some confidence. Maybe they start to get their rhythm as the season goes on. But right now, you need to keep that defense off the field as much as possible. And you don't do that by throwing the ball 90% of the time. You have to establish the run. You have to win the time of possession battle and keep that defense off the field. So hopefully the Eagles can come out and win this game at Carolina because, like I said, it's very, very likely we could be 1-6 in in three weeks. We'll see what happens. We'll keep the content coming. If you're not following us, what are you waiting for? Legal hands to the face. We're on all your favorite podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Amazon. We're on YouTube, Facebook. So be sure to subscribe, like, check us out. we got a lot more good stuff coming. Go Birds!